What's going on, guys? This is your boy Crimson Black and Damien Drago, an outlaw. We are back for another episode of Here's the Thing. So we decided to do something nice, a little uh, fun, and to keep things. What's the word? Uh, keep it fresh every now and then. We're just gonna rotate uh, whoever we have on this podcast. Sometimes we'll have the three of us. Sometimes we'll have the four of us. Sometimes we'll have two of us. You are just going to have to wait and see how the shit actually goes down. The roulette of people. Yep. Russian roulette. Let's go. So, <laughs> on this episode of Here's the Thing, we are discussing fantasy movies and why marketing fails them. Because at the end of the day, a lot of these movies should do a lot better than they have done. Like, look at Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Lord of Warcraft should have been like the biggest movie that is like ever. Exists. It should have been the biggest video game movie ever to yeah. exist. Like, I'm going as big as the Lord of Warcraft community is. I'm saying biggest ever. Like just movie. Nah, I wouldn't say biggest ever. The Lord of the Rings community is a lot bigger than the Warcraft community. Yes. Yeah. Warcraft community is only gamers. The fucking Lord of the Rings community is film buffs, gamers, and bookworms. So they're one of those fandoms you kind of can't really compete with because they have a bigger fandom than Star Wars does. Well, they've been around longer. Well, like, I'm not even just talking about length. I'm talking, because length really doesn't have anything to do with it because their popularity didn't explode until the first movie. That's when it exploded for the third time. Yeah. Wait, when so when was so the second if, time? If we're looking at Lord of the Rings, and for those of you who don't know, I I get to be the resident expert on Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings hey, when it was hey, the first drop. Everybody hit us up on social media if you want him to do a Lord of the Rings channel because he won't do it unless y'all say he y'all want it. So Yeah, if y'all want it, go ahead, let us know. I'll get into it. Anyway, Lord of the Rings was first wrote somewhere in the nineteen thirties, if I remember correctly. And it was not popular until after Tolkien died in the 60s. After Tolkien died, the book became popular because a cartoon was actually made of it. Hmm. Those of you, if you look it up, oh yeah, there is actually a cartoon version of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. I remember that. They're very, very old. They're like 60s or 70s. That's when it took off the first time. Mm-hmm. Then his son actually produced, or after the popularity gained, his son uh, had all of his notes printed out into a book called the Silmarillion. Mm -hmm. That was the second popularity. And it kind of started to die off in and around the time when they were discussing a live action film. Boom, the movies drop, and all of a sudden, everybody who's ever been a Tolkien fan came out of the woodwork. Plus, this new generation of people that only like to watch movies and can't read exactly came out of the woodwork, and that was their biggest uprising. Mm-hmm. And they marketed that movie to the moon when it first came out. They got Peter Jackson behind it, and as soon as they got that name, they took it everywhere. But you look at other movies like that that are just kind of in the fantasy genre in general, you don't really get that outside of Star Wars. To be fair, like... From my experience, a lot of fantasy movies like just aren't good. Prime example is like Aragon. Aragon well, Aragon, if you have never read the book, is a good movie. People only, uh, Aragon is the movie that started the whole, I prefer the book to the movie. That is the movie that started it. 
because of the fact that they took things that were like big reveals in the book and either threw them out or blatantly ignored them. And on top of that, Game of Thrones shows that that's not always necessarily a, a kill shot to a franchise. Fair enough. I'll that's, give you that. That's the, fair. I think the biggest issue was is that in Aragorn's case and in other movies that are based off of books case, your initial fam, fandom are the book goers. are going to be the people who have read the book. Nobody's going to walk off the street and go, oh, look. Move. Well, I say nobody. Most well, the people majority of people won't. aren't, aren't going to walk off the street and go, ooh, a book or a movie about a guy who rides a dragon. That looks like something I'd watch. No. Yeah. It'll be people who have read it first and go, oh, crap, my favorite book. I would love to see this mm -hmm. as a movie. And they go, and then they're disappointed. Yep. Why? Because producers or directors are not book writers and they never and they won't be because they're in two different genres and on top of that not everything in books transfer well into film that's very true the, the biggest issue is that to adapt a book to a movie you either have to cut things change things or if you stay strictly to it you end up with a movie that's too long yeah. that nobody wants to watch. Sort of like how the I mean, is with three movies. I mean, but at the end of the day... Because it's like one book, but all three movies are just the one book. There's fun fact about that, there's actually only one Lord of the Rings book uh, called The Lord of the Rings. We always think about it as three different books. Because there's three movies. Because yeah. there's three movies, but originally he wrote one book. They re-released it as three separate books, but it was just huh. one book when he originally wrote it. So that, he was, to be fair, to be fair, even with that whole, it just becomes too long. I know, well, every single Lord of the Rings fan that I know of before I even watched the movies, cause I'm really late into the whole Lord of the Rings thing and fandom in general, they were always saying, if you really want Lord of the Rings, come with me and we will watch all of them back to back. And all of them were the extended cuts. Aren't they all each? Isn't each extended cut like three hours? Like three yes. or four hours. Yes, and I have. Like that's really. What that's what Ooh, I'm saying. Like project. Those fans didn't care about length. They would sit for uh, for example. All of us were all just like when uh, Endgame dropped in through Infinity War, and we were like, uh, y'all didn't have to split that up into two movies. Just give me an intermission, then we'll be good. Like that's not necessarily an excuse when it when the fandom is strong no, enough it's and just... the product is strong enough specifically and the marketing is strong enough on top of that because the way they marketed it we were all like drop dead excited for Endgame yeah even with the shit show that was Captain Marvel yeah I think it's I think what it is is in all honesty is that I don't think producers and people like that. They look at statistics way too much. Well, it's not the and producers. And then they're like, well, the are, average, what's the average? It's not the producers that are in charge of that. So when it comes to marketing a movie in general, they have a specific uh, department that no, do no, all of that shit. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when it comes to like movie links. Because there are like a lot of movies like that would have done a lot better if, if they, they were, were longer. Like longer. I feel like someone at the top looks at statistics too much. Well, that's again, that's not a top thing. That's all like a very specific. Uh, well, someone has to make a decision. decision. That's what I'm saying. Somewhere at the top. 
Well, a lot of times what happens is they'll give them a kind of a time window. It's like, to grossly oversimplify this, it's like YouTube watch minutes. There's like a golden time frame when oh. it comes to uh, YouTube time lengths. To where you can get someone to watch the entire video. Exactly. And what they care most about is getting them to 75% of that movie's completion before they make a decision on whether they like it or not. Yeah. So getting that, getting to that 75% sooner rather than later is kind of a mixed bag. That's why I was like, and that's grossly oversimplifying. But I feel like with movies it's different because like, maybe it's very it's different. It's very different. So like the people got more comfortable with doing longer movies because of Avatar. Because Avatar was one of those kind of outliers but show that, all right, if it's engaging, it'll be fine. Like you're making a lot of noise on your desk over here. Oh, I'm not trying to make any noise actually. <laughs> but yeah. So you started seeing your longer and longer and longer movies. We're starting to go backwards from that to some of your shorter movies. Well, so there was a, t there was, I feel like then that's a generational thing, you know, because mm -hmm. you look at it, Lord of the Rings, what, came out over 10 years ago now? Yeah. For all of those who are feeling old right now, kind of like I am, <laughs> welcome to the club. So those movies came out over 10 years ago. So the people who are going to see movies now are, you know, hell, some of them weren't even old enough to get into a movie theater at that time. Yeah. So you've got to look at your audience as compared to the runtime of your movie. There are some audiences, depending on the fandom, who are okay with sitting in a movie for three hours. But I feel like the newer generation, if you don't grab their attention right away and keep it, it's over. Three hours, they'll they'll never sit through three hours. That's very true. That's very, very true. But when it comes to like fantasy movies in general, there's always so this is what I don't understand when it comes to like it not holding people's attention because I shit on Rise of Skywalker for this, but in most fantasy movies, it is essentially like this. It's built like a video game. They go it, they go on a quest, an obstacle comes in their way, they figure, they, they figure out a way around it or through it, and then another obstacle arises because of it. It's nothing but cause and effect, cause and effect, onto the next thing, onto the next thing, onto the next thing. Mm -hmm. So you would think that would be able to keep their attention nowadays, but it really doesn't. If it's not something that they're already invested in from the jump, they won't give a fuck. No, yeah. which is why the Michael Bay version of films will throw a shit ton of explosions in there and that'll keep everyone's attention. Yeah. It's actually gaining popularity again. Yeah, that's true. To be fair, when it comes to the fans in general, like, well, <sighs> you gotta think about what comes out along with it. Like, World of Warcraft came out in May of 2016. Like, but to be fair, they didn't market it at all. That's why I was like, marketing kills a lot of fantasy movies. Well, because if the marketing is done right, everything is fine. For example, uh, Birds of Prey is out, right? We all know it's supposed to be a Birds of Prey movie, but, it's, it's but they're marketing it as a Harley Quinn movie. Why? Because, because the Harley Quinn movie got shot down to make this. 
people oh. got agitated for it. Yeah, because Harley Quinn was supposed to get her own movie. Right, but I thought that, that had absolutely happen. nothing to do with the Birds of Prey movie. I thought that was already set in stone. No, it was not set in stone. They got rid of that movie to do the Birds of Prey movie. There was a lot of people pissed off about that, Margot Robbie included. So what happens? They just combine the two movies because at the end of the day, more people care about Harley Quinn than the Birds of Prey. Exactly. And for, for anyone who doesn't so, agree with that statement, check, they, the, check the comic book sales. Yeah. Check so, the comic book sales. So what, what do they do? They market it as, hey, this is Harley Quinn's movie, but we have all of these other characters you might actually like. Yeah, but there's no... Because they, like, Suicide Squad, like, they learned their lesson from that. Their main characters of that shit was Deadshot and Harley. That was really it. And Waller, but she was an antagonist for the most part. Yeah, but you can't have a Suicide Squad movie without Waller. Exactly, but all of those other motherfuckers were very, very interchangeable. That's true. All because You, you, you could have put anybody in any of those slots. And they you, all had really good needed? stories. Hmm? Who did you say that we needed? That for right. for it to be considered a suicide squad, I think you just named off people. I didn't want to like. Oh no no no! I didn't no, say that. Said we the needed the only two people who they actually gave a shit about in the movie were Harley Quinn and Deadshot. Well, to be fair, the only I say only four characters you actually need for it to be a decent Suicide Squad story, and practice shows that this is a thing. Is Waller Harley? flag a dead shot? Uh, de a de it doesn't have to be dead shot. It could be death stroke. Yeah, it could be death stroke too. It just you just need a Harley Quinn. You need a Harley Quinn and a Man Waller well, flag. You, you don't need a Harley Quinn. You don't need a Harley Quinn. You need the a, reason I say Harley. So Quinn. this is no, this is because I I kind of made this connection as soon as you said it could have been death stroke or dead shot. You have to have the assassin who's a reluctant leader. You have to have the strict soldier boy you have to have waller specifically and you have to have the wild card the and wild card is harley nine times out of ten i would say you would need a goofy character like boomerang too because some of the best especially not, not necessarily because Wait. of the fact that the movies that the suicide squad like actual comics and even this movie shows all three of them and their dynamic together is where you get the humor from the interaction and the conflicts, like the whole sarcasm that uh, Rick Flag and Deadshot was going back and forth with during the whole, if shit hits the fan, I'm gonna turn tail and run. And he just looks back at him after laying out, like doing the most badass, one of the most badass scenes in that entire movie, looks at him and cracks a little like smirk, like, oh yeah, you thought I was running motherfucker. I can put you down and not even like blink. And that whole kind of awkward silence between them was funny as shit. The whole, when they first gave Will that weapon and Deadshot fired it and found out it was a real bullet, it was like, oh, y'all crazy as shit. Like, that's and where that humor comes from. It, it is, and I think the only reason that we needed the Deadshot was because it was Will Smith. Yeah. But, be, I mean, yeah. if we're being, if we're being truly Because that wasn't Deadshot, that was just Will. It was Will Smith <laughs> is what made that character. You, If you would have replaced him with somebody else, he wouldn't have been the main focus. If you'd have replaced him with a less known actor, he wouldn't have been the main focus. They would yeah, have focused true. on somebody else. Harley drew everyone's attention because mm -hmm. she is Margot, Margot Robbie, Robbie is beautiful, one, <laughs> but two, she actually does a really good job at the crazy, mm -hmm. which is classic Harley Quinn. 
if you can capture classic Harley Quinn, people want to watch. Yeah, that's very true. She's so very, you've got a star. You've got Will Smith as a star. It doesn't matter what you put him in. He does outstanding. It's just Will Smith's fucking persona. Yeah. So that's why he took the show. That's why he took it away from everybody else, whether he meant to or not. He stole it. Margot Robbie, in her look, it's just really hard to tag team with it. though. It's really hard to be like. Well, you, you gotta think that. about like who they cast is. So. No, I mean in general, like there's not a lot of actors that can like, if any, minus like three that can go into a movie with someone like Will Smith and not be like overshadowed. I think that's just because I think that's more of a a, a people thing than anything else. It's sort of like how like we like. Well, I think it's more of a director sort of, thing. No, the reason I say it's more of a people thing is like, can you see realistically right now, like, if you, if like when they put Wolverine in the MCU, mm -hmm. besides Hugh Jackman and maybe like one of other, one or two, one or two other well-known actors, mm -hmm. who else could you put in there like as a come up? Well, you said well-known. I don't know anybody who was not well-known actor, so I wouldn't be able to answer that question regardless. But it's actually easier if it is somebody who doesn't have a name for themselves because it's... I'm, I'm in a sense that it would, it would please the fans though because it's like it's like once a character becomes like a thing it's well, like it just like, sticks again we've seen that that's not always the truth when it comes to certain figures and certain things but again I like I going back to why I said that I feel that's a director thing when it comes to a lot of actors they are doing what they're told and what the director says they should be doing a lot of times it will say this specifically when he was talking about uh how he was playing the genie they wanted more will not the character they wanted more will so if you have somebody in jack black the same thing happens with him jumanji he was saying was like the first movie in a while where they weren't just saying all right we want a uh, school of rock and when you become famous because of a certain type of movie or a certain movie in general, a lot of the director is going to play to that. So, which is why they ask you to play in their movies. Yeah, they, exactly. They they think of you as in a certain role, and they go, "This is the role that I want." So yeah, do that say, again. Yeah, because all of the casting directors will just go, "All right, we want this out of this person," even though it won't really help the story that well, but. They're just like, all right, this will do well if we have this person doing this because they like them doing this in this aspect. You want to see Will and Margot Robbie act their ass off? Go watch Focus. That movie is amazing. Love that movie. And no, like it came out like a couple weeks right after Suicide Squad did and was buried. No mm -hmm. one cared about it. Because what well, you got to think about it like now. It wasn't Will being uh, Fresh Prince. No, it wasn't no. his like goofy Mike Bad Boy self. And so no one really cared. You you can't really say that though. It's it's I, I, the best example I can show of this is with the bringing up every fucking episode apparently is Godzilla King of Monsters. Yeah. Everybody that went to go see that movie loved that movie. But well, to be fair, box office wise, it didn't do as well as the other because what did it camp come out with? It came out with Endgame. No, so and that's fucking that's not necessarily true. X Men Phoenix in the, in the theaters. They did. The reason why Godzilla King of Monsters didn't do as well in the box office is because the marketing did its job correctly. What did we see in King, uh, King of the Monsters when that first shit, first trailer even dropped? Godzilla fucking up another kaiju. 
That was their entire point of all of the marketing for the for, for that entire movie. Hey, guys, y'all want to y'all? We heard y'all. Y'all said that Godzilla wasn't in the movie enough, and we focused too much on the humans. All right, bet we got you. You got nothing but kaiju fight this entire movie, and the movie actually did better because of that. Now it didn't draw in as many people, but the fans that it was actually created for loved it more for it and now you have a kind of a trust with the fans of that product and legendary pictures because now everybody's excited for king kong godzilla I, before king of monsters came out i did not want that movie now i want the movie i know king kong doesn't have a chance in hell but Unless i still he gets want the, the lighting movie. powers he gets the lighting powers he might have a chance the marketing itself is the reason why that's a thing like <sighs> i'm gonna stop beating this movie like to death because it's like beating a horse to death at this no, point let's be honest no we won't <laughs> rise of skywalker when that first uh, came out what did they market palpatine coming back yep and that was the only trailer i needed to see and then i didn't watch no more Mm -hmm. and that, that was, was the, the biggest very, thing was in a, their marketing. Yeah. Palpatine and will Rey join the dark side. They only explained one of those things. And one, when, when you give people that kind of outlook when it comes to the marketing and you don't explain it, the reviewers are going to say that they don't explain shit and people won't go see the movie. So, all right. So what, so because you, you say marketing, but then you brought up the review. So what is the actual initial problem with fantasy as a genre then? Is it that it's not marketed well? Is yes, it, it is not marketed correctly. This is why I say like the because of the fact that they marketed the entire thing being behind Palpatine's return, even though it was just kind of a footnote, it wasn't really all that important. When you market it as a main aspect of a story and then don't really do anything with it, it hurts the entire movie. If they, again, like how you said, uh, our boy Brad, shout out to him. If you go ahead and just kind of slide Palpatine being back in the movie, it would have did better. It wouldn't have still, like, it wouldn't yeah, have made, it wouldn't have made the entire movie better. No. But that would have been like, oh shit, didn't see that coming. It would have been, it would have been one of those, like, if they had never, like, in the first trailer and then in the rolling, uh, I guess, opening credits, I guess is the best way to say it, the little scroll down text notes to every Star Wars movie did. Uh -huh. They had never mentioned Palpatine. Finding out that Palpatine came back was like finding out, like, when Empire came out the first time and everyone and when you found out that Vader uh, uh, was luke's father mm -hmm. like if you found that out like at like before the movie you would have felt like your whole hopes and dreams were like really yeah like and they brought all of that shit with snoke and all of that shit yeah like, and that, and that they, was the first time palpatine was ever mentioned yeah it would have now like, you would have had those motherfuckers like well how the fuck did this happen well you were gonna but, get that regardless the, exactly but That's, the vast majority that weren't like really expecting that shit at all would have been like Oh my God, that that, that would have hit so much harder. The movie would have because did. of the fact that the marketing in general toward uh, veered immediately toward Palpatine, it kind of put this giant kind of weight over the movie because everyone's question then became, how did he come? Well, back? how did he come back? Because the surprise factor is already gone at that point. Exactly. And if you take a surprise out of it, the fuck you got left? You have to explain it. Mm -hmm. That's all you have left. Exactly, like for uh, an uh, opposite of in the opposite spectrum of people marketing poorly. Just look at Treasure Planet. 
Treasure. To be fair to Treasure Planet, Disney is the reason that moving into it. But it's still the marketing. But that was all. But they, the reason I say they, that is because this that is was still, literally done on purpose. Well, exactly. Because they told you all marketing is done on purpose. There is nothing, not a single choice that they will ever make accidentally. Exactly. Everything that they do is for a specific and calculated reason. They did that because of the fact that they expected that no one would go treat uh, see Treasure Planet. Well, it was the movie that Disney never wanted. Exactly. The only reason they even agreed to make it was because they the were, two directors that they got initially that wanted to do it, they were like, no, 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 don't do that. Do something else. And they yeah. did. They made Hercules. And they mm -hmm. said, we'll do Hercules if we get to make our movie. Yep. And Disney was like, fine. <laughs> and then they, they, were, they didn't, they weren't like, yeah, that's a great idea. We can do that. No, they were like, they were the pouty child and said, Fine. Fine. Just make you our movie. Get what you want. <laughs> and to be fair, I feel like... And they want, and it released around the same time as a couple of their movies were, and they didn't want it to overshadow it, so they buried it. Treasure Planet is like one of the greatest Disney movies of all time. Of all the movies that are getting remakes, the two that deserve it the most, even if you bring it back as like a new upgraded like visual like cartoon animation or some shit like that, it's mm. Treasure Planet and Atlantis. Yeah. They would do the best in this whole. I go watch the Atlantis. I've never seen Tre Treasure Planet. I'll be honest. Treasure Planet is really good. You will enjoy it more because you have no idea what the plot was. Yeah. And so since, it's, it's when, like, since you didn't watch any of the Treasure trailers, Planet specifically, when it released in theaters, well, before it released in theaters, when they announced it, all of that shit, they gave you the entire plot in the trailer on purpose, including the twist of the bad guy. They did all of that shit because they were like, all right, cool. Now you don't really have to go see that. So go and look at this and go watch the rest of our shit that we have out. That's some shady Disney stuff for you right there. That's what I'm saying. Like, exactly. Disney Absolutely was like, sense. we'll do the movie, but we don't want it. And then they told their marketing team, hey, when you do your trailer, tell them everything. Yeah. Because when you go see the movie, you're like, oh. Because shit like that happens all the time. It's called uh, corporate ca uh, cannibalism. Yeah. Fandango does that shit like down to a science. Fandango owns just about every other platform that you can buy movie tickets for online. And they raise the prices in certain uh, on certain websites. So you go to the one that they want you to go to in their country. You go to movietickets.com right now, it's a $5 difference between that and Fandango. And up in the top right corner, cause they're not hiding it, it says powered by Fandango. It's like, it's corporate cannibalism is annoying, well, it, it, but is that it's something that happens a lot. monopoly on it then? No, it isn't. Because it's not a monopoly. Because AMC still has their own. Uh, 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 Regal Cin Cinema still have their own. Yeah, until Fan they own all of them, it's not a monopoly. Yeah, and Fandango would never do that because of the fact that A, Regal Cinemas was the one who created Fandango in the first place and B, they lose that exclusivity to be able to go to all of the theaters and they would then have to only access a certain couple. Okay, I was just wondering, cause I feel like that's one of those like shady, like back in the day before like uh, company laws were put in place and everybody <laughs> just trying to be the only competition. Yeah, so. yeah. Fandango's only competition really is right. itself. In this so, shit. all right, so here's my question for you because I actually just looked up, cause the I think the main, thing that started this conversation was World of Warcraft, right? Yes. Because I now, what do you consider a success? Because World of Warcraft, between everything that it had, it had a $160 budget. Yes. 
but it made almost half a million dollars. Yeah. So is that when not a I success? It is a success from a black and white standpoint. It did nothing for the spectrum when it came to creating more movies like it. All right. That so is what I mean when I say success. Lord of the Rings, when it came out, legitimately changed and broadens everyone's view to be more willing to listen to new stories that they have no relation to whatsoever. To give you to give you a little bit of insight, you said World of Warcraft made half a million dollars. 436 million. 436 million. Each one of the Lord of the Rings made 970 million apiece. Mm-hmm. So they had three come out. I don't have the I don't have the numbers for the Hobbit in front of me, but I'm probably pretty sure they made about the same. So if you're looking at it, that's 5.82 billion dollars for all six movies. Mm-hmm. That's a success because their budget wasn't. They're all specific. Like none of them are not deemed as successes in their own right because some of these kind of knockoff because Aragon is technically a success because there is still a good fandom for that movie that was created. Yeah, because, because I, have, I have a lot of friends. So that it's have, still like, like technically a success. But when I what I say they aren't as successful as they should be. Is an infant is an emphasis on as they should be because the marketing should be tailored more towards those uh, individuals. Look at the uh, Lightning Thief movies, the Percy Jackson movies. Uh, Let's not talk about so those. much potential. Exactly. How exactly. do you? How do you? That's like... my favorite book series that got tarnished because of the fact that a and I agree with this. A lot of that shit didn't get uh, couldn't transfer into the film well, but. They marketed all the wrong parts in all of the trailers. To be fair though, is and this is just me as like a fan. Like they say, well, certain parts didn't translate well. World, I've read that book like ten times. Same. Besides, like some here and there things that I'm like, okay, this is like way too big of a thing to do. All right. So before you go into that, cause I know the road you're about to go down. I mean like, this what, is what, what, what was I too mean. Big? That's not when I say too big. That's why I said, I know what road you're about to go down. That is not what I mean when I say does not translate the film well. I'm gonna give you two examples, two different uh, shit. I'm gonna give you one from the uh, original Lightning Thief movie. And I'm gonna give you another one from Game of Thrones, which okay. we both agree on. So the first one from the Lightning Thief, when he, uh, when they go into the arcade where they're stuck in forever in Vegas, right? Yeah. All of the emotions and aspects of the uh, aura of the entire building doesn't translate over well. It seems like uh, for anybody who just hasn't read the books, who's just watching the movie, they go in there, they get high as shit and they just want to stay. That's not what's going on at all. No, it's like the entire but, building is like, hey, you should come in here. Exactly. It's like the building has- But a, again, it's literally Hotel that's California. Be, yeah. Exactly. It's because of the fact that we've read these books that we can make that connection. But at the same time, they're learning in script writing. There's a way to do all of that based off what you have the actors actually do and what yes, you actually have them but, say. Yes, but not all actors are at levels to where they can show that effectively. You can tell them to do it and they can do it to the best of their ability. But at the end of the day, what one certain person thinks this is interpreted as can be something totally different to somebody else. Going back to the U episode, uh, this isn't the reference I was talking about, but the um, 
the scene where she came in and she was like, does this peach look like a butt? How we were like, she's flirting and somebody else was saying, she's showing that you need to stop watching me. Okay, I get. I That's get what that. I mean. But so because of the fact that we already had that knowledge beforehand, mm -hmm. we're going to pick up on it regardless. Right. But, but everybody that, who hasn't won't pick that up necessarily. That's that's fair. But for that scene in particular, it was done badly because, as you're saying, reading it and what the actual like flowers mm -hmm. and shit they actually ate doesn't. It's not one of those where they got high. They just wanted to stay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that's what the movie makes it seem like. Yeah, but and that's, that's and because they not. That's not how they wrote it. That's not how the dialogue was. That's not how the even way it was shot was. But because of the fact that you're seeing it, not reading it, or getting any of that descriptive detail from your own imagination, how you would process it as obvious to you, it's not gonna translate well because not everybody has a clear definitive definition of what this is. Yeah, that is what cause, I cause mean he, when I say shit doesn't transfer, trans, transfer well into books. I mean, into movies. Now. My biggest one, and the one I like to bring up, and we brought up during the Game of Thrones episode when everybody got pissed off at season eight. Cersei's death specifically, Cersei and Jaime when they died, and they were crushed yeah. by the Red Keep. When you just see somebody get a building dropped on them, not, like, just that image by itself isn't gonna be as satisfying as, watching as someone reading like how, like, somebody's last, uh last kind of thought as the light drains their eyes the building is crushing them while they are uh literally being buried and what they felt their confidence was like having that in book form and reading all of that shit, you will get that satisfaction just seeing it happen no you won't well to be to be fair for that because technically that scene hasn't been written yet no that's what i'm saying like from the opposite spectrum right but for for that, I don't think that's why everyone got pissed off. Everyone got pissed off more because they wanted her to die more gruesomely. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, they won't be satisfied until they read that actually happened in the books when George R. R. Martin finally does release those books. If. Because, hmm? No, he is. If. He is. He's he, writing them down. I think he's actually almost done. Uh, well, the thing about it is, he, it, he's, he's, already, writing he's already delayed that first one. Already? He, already. Like I said. If, if, if the, the winter is coming, bro. <laughs> winter is coming. Cat's out of the bag. He stopped writing the books to write the screenplay. So mm -hmm. why? Oh, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, that's why there was no books. That's when when the when I the seasons caught no, up, and then he would tell them when the seasons caught up to where he was at in the published books. They were like, "Oh shit, well, we're, what do we do?" Caught up. <laughs> Help. Write the rest of it. And they were like, we'll pay you more to just continue to write for us and just don't, just leave the books alone for a little bit. So yep. he did. He stopped writing the books, wrote the rest of the season. Two seasons, right? Three. Three seasons, six, seven, and eight. He wrote the three, the last three seasons. And then once it was all done, they said he would go back. Mm -hmm. But what's the point? It was The first book was supposed to release February, 2020. It is now question mark 2023. What's the point? 2023. 2023. He's already wrote it. I mean, if, you're, if we're well, being honest, he's uh, already so, wrote it. He just well, gotta add the, the details. The, well, yeah. the question is, is does he want to? Yeah, that's as, the real thing. As, a, as an author, <laughs> you know, 
you wrote it once. It's kind of like, I think JK Rowling did an interview one time and uh, she said something about she had to be in the right frame of mind when she was writing books. Because if she wasn't, she, know, she knew what she wanted the ending to be like. She mm-hmm. knew she wanted a happy ending-ish for the main characters, right? Yeah. But as an author, if you get into it and you already know what's going to happen and then something happens that pisses you off, maybe you kill off all your characters. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. That's and the best, I, I can attest to that. He's already wrote the scripts. He's already wrote what the characters say. Literally, he has to add in details. But if he's not in the right frame of mind to add in details, yeah. he's not gonna. Because as and on top of that, he has to bring in so many characters that they didn't even bring into the show. Yeah, there's a lot of like stuff in the books that he has to close. Like, a lot of people don't know this, but the you remember the scene in Game of Thrones where Arya kills everyone that was involved in the Red Wedding? Yes, that entire family. Yeah, in the books, it wasn't her. Yeah, it was the it was mother. Lady, yeah, it was Lady Blackwater. She had come back as a vengeful spirit and I killed. I don't all remember them. exactly how she came. Was it a spirit or a sorceress? I can't remember. No, uh, she was a spirit. Yeah, and she was the one to do all that. And now you're like, because I don't think we ever found out what happened to her after that. Uh, no, no, no. The books caught up. All that shit still hasn't happened. After that, it shifts from that individual's perspective. And we don't really get anything else because that was the end of the book. Yeah, there, so, there's a lot of loose ends to close in the books that yeah. he was writing about. But whether he finishes it or not, that's kind of his business. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean technically, we all. I mean, he has to because he's already signed those contracts yeah. to release those books. He can give indefinite extensions, but at some point he's gonna have to actually finish them or he's gonna have to pay back all of that money that they gave him. <laughs> I mean, let's be real, all the money he got from the TV shows, he can afford it. Yeah, but still. Why waste that money? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I completely get that, cause they'll be like, cause I'm trying to write some now and I'm like, all right, I know how I want them, to, how certain characters to be later on in the mm. story. And now I'm at a part where I'm like, you know what would be more impactful? If they just all just die. If this all just die. <laughs> Everything like, just ends right now. <laughs> and you're, and you're like. This McMahon that shit. Bury everybody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I get it. But still, like. All right. So another question to kind of stay on track with like fantasy movies. So we have mm-hmm. Star stay Wars. Stay on track. What's that? <laughs> when we try to talk about the topic that we title mm. our videos with, I mean, so we still we we've been on track from the so time, we have Star Wars as we consider fantasy, Hobbit, yeah. Lord of the Rings, which we consider fantasy, Aragon, Percy Jackson. Well, I consider uh, I personally consider Star Wars science fiction with fantasy element, but that's just me. I feel like it's the reverse though, in all honesty, because at the end of the day, it's about the force. The force is actually a scientific force. It's all based in science. There's no magic involved. Which was the point of the whole midichlorian shit. He was setting a foothold that he was science. It was that it was science fiction, fiction not magic, because everyone considered the Jedi to be space wizards. Which made no sense space because all wizards. they knew was at, at the end of the day, I would have considered They're more Jedi, a not warlocks. It's okay. I figured them. They were if they were before like the first one came out, they were more of like telepaths. Like some can just most of them can move objects. 
They can like sense each other across vast distances. Yeah, but, but that, when I, I'm so nothing that but all still comes with the base in science because they were saying, remember, if you can use like 100, like more than 10 percent of your brain at once, you'll be able to do shit like that. Yes, yeah, so I so guess that space wizard like, may know. Absolute it's still sense. base in science. Yeah. The whole space wizard shit came from the fact that you could fucking shoot lightning from your hands. Sidious is the reason why it became Space Wizard. But to be that's fair, pretty that's, that's more, that's, this, that's like saying that, well, the atom bomb is magic, because it just splits out of the Magic is just science we haven't actually discovered the formulas for yet. That's my entire thing. If you go back in time right now with a lighter, people will treat you as a god. <laughs> Look, I have fire. <laughs> like, oh no, ridiculous. my fire ran out. They're gonna sacrifice me now. <laughs> so, so like, what else do you consider like a fantasy movie? I guess give three examples from you personally, Crimson. Okay. That three examples of fantasy movies that we haven't talked about that have done well, and then three that have done poorly, if you can. Okay. So that have done poorly. Now. It has a cult following, so I can't really mention this, but the Dragonheart movies, which I feel could have been a lot more popular than they were, but they only became popular as a meme, which isn't a real thing. That's uh, Donnie Darko is the same exact thing. It has a giant cult following, mm -hmm. but literally only because of that fact. Uh, a movie that is not necessarily fantasy, but still falls into the bad marketing uh, window that could have been that could have been a lot better, and is only better now because of uh, the meme of the movie is The Crow. So there's so many there's examples a, of like if it was marketed correctly, it would be much better. Like uh, it would have done much better than it did. Okay. Well, like the only real company right now that is actually like listening to what they're getting from their marketing and changing it the correct way is still Sonic the Hedgehog. They put out marketing for it. Everyone hated it. They went, all right, cool. Instead of double down and going, well, you guys are stupid. This just isn't for you. Like Star Wars did. They were like, all right, fuck it. We'll make it. So yeah, that was it. I was like, you're you're literally about to cut your fan base in complete half. Mm -hmm. All because you want to be petty because I'm sorry you made a movie that was either A, a copy of the movie, or B, a movie that everyone feels like Well, it was, it was the Lucasfilm CEO who said that shit. No, that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, because here's, here's about her. That statement makes absolutely no sense. Because and then besides, she doubled down and was like, well, Star Wars aren't for boys anyway. No, but besides Ray, <laughs> and I guess you could consider the Stormtrooper from the Battlefront 2 games. Name uh -huh. another, like, really big, like, just for, like, video games protagonist that you cared about that was a female in star wars i can't remember her name off the top of uh, my head uh i'm getting I'm, I'm actually getting a brain fart but uh she was the main love interest to revan in uh nice of the old republic nope can't help sorry yeah i can't remember that either but outside of her you got ahsoka that everybody absolutely adores right but she and, wasn't she wasn't she was the main focus of episodes but we all knew that the entire point of Clone Wars is just, hey, what caused like the Jurassic shift between for Anakin between 
movie one, movie two, and then movie three. Because it to me, it explained it very well in the movies, especially mm -hmm. the second one. But for other people, they didn't get like, how do you just go from that, from that to this? I mean, I get yeah. this. It, it shows how Anakin and Obi got so close. Exactly, because like, they that, were like- That was the entire point. Me, I was just like, well, they went through hell together. They're fighting a war. Of course they're going to get closer. Exactly. But the majority of people are just kind of like, well, why the fuck are they just magically okay? Because last time we saw them, they were like, they were buddy kinda, head. like they, they were literally ready to be like in the Dooku fight. They were like, look, man, fuck this nigga. I'll fight you right now. Yeah. What's good? <laughs> so, but and again, looking at him like, look, bro, I killed a whole species. I'll kill you too. What's up, bro? I mean, th think about like another kind of aspect. If we pull back. Uh, if we pull back Lightning Thief, right, and how they market it, which is which was a true adaptation of the books, which was not the case at all. How you mess up a rain team, though? Like, I mean, it's it's not hard, but but the reason it's I not hard to mess up anything. But let me let me go ahead and finish my point. If they would have marketed as a new telling of those stories. It probably would have. No one would have been at pissed off at those movies. Yeah, that's true. They literally had no choice but to pull the plug because of the fact that they kept marketing that these are true adaptations to the books. We're going to stay as faithful as we possibly can. And, and we get sense. something very different. Now, if they were just like, this is a different telling of it, whether they tried to stay as true to a certain window for everything that could translate over well mm -hmm. and could not. If they were upfront about that, it'd be a whole nother story. Yeah. Because as soon as you say that we are going to stay as faithful to the books as possible, everybody in the majority who has no idea about writing in general or filmmaking in general is going to believe that it needs to be a page for page, line for line, word for word, recreation of the book. Exactly. And you just, that, this is just not possible. It's really not. My whole, my whole aspect of it, when as soon as I saw the lightning thing, because from from Aragon, from Harry Potter, from all the other like Lord of the Rings, from all all other stories that were based off books and made into movies, I knew where to set my expectations. Yeah. So when the movies come out, I was like, oh, dope! I'm just gonna see some of my favorite scenes from the book mm -hmm. on a big screen. The one scene I was looking forward to the most just because the way that it is written in the very first book is like one of my, one of the best little stories that Rick Reardon has ever done. And I read that man like faithfully. Mm -hmm. Like I'm mad at myself that I haven't got his, uh, his uh, Nordic stories was the battle with the Minotaur. Yeah. Which the entire point of that battle was to show you he gets empowered by water. Yeah. Because it was raining and that's what allowed him to beat the Minotaur. Yep. And they, they didn't could, show that they at didn't all. Show that it, it wasn't even raining. It was as dry as it is outside right now. Uh, I mean, I felt like he, he was actually a little wet, though. It's been forever since I watched that movie, though. It, if he was, it was one of those like, oh, I got spin on, so I got power now. Which <laughs> technically makes sense, but that's really stupid. <laughs> because the men is sexual. Very. Because the Minotaur in Greek literature is like one of the most terrifying monsters that exists. Mm -hmm. Second only to the Hydra. Like. And they, <laughs> he, he, he beat it by getting it to run into a tree, I think. Yeah. Ooh. And I'm like, Ooh. you mean to tell me the thing 
That literally he ran, was, he ran it. He ran into a tree. It broke his horn, and then he stabbed him with it. Which would have. Cause you want to know how it happens in the book, if I'm not mistaken? He ripped it off. Yeah, he does. He ripped it <laughs> off and stabbed it with it. Cause he was being empowered he by war. It. He literally <laughs> broke it off of his head. And I was like, how do you do this? To and me? then the fight scene with the uh, daughter of Athena didn't transfer over that well either. But that mainly comes down to fight choreographers and the actors because you don't get good enough stunt doubles or good enough actors in certain aspects. It's just not gonna come across well, but that's a subject for another time. So on that bombshell, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this episode up. Uh, thank you guys for letting us indulge ourselves once again. If you like what we do, be sure to follow all of our social media pages at PowerTripOP, that is P-O-W-E-R-T-R-I-P-O-P on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow all of my personal stuff at Crimson Black PTO. You can find all of Damien's stuff at Damien Drago PTO. And you can also follow Outlaw at PTO Outlaw. I'm on Twitch. And hey, let us know on our Facebook if you all are, are actually serious about learning some Lord of the Rings stuff. Absolutely. I will I will make a channel just please, for y'all. Please do it, because yeah, I'm yeah. very interested. I, I want him to do this, but we ain't enough for him. So we gotta <laughs> we gotta actually make sure he can make some money off of this. They're never enough. <laughs> it's never enough. Alright. No Again, be sure to all you guys who can as soon as this episode comes out and you guys do finally catch up, go ahead and go uh go see my boy on Twitch. I know. I, I know some of y'all don't even have Twitch account. Some of y'all don't even like League. But go support him. Go support him regardless. You you like the product, go support us where you can. Also patreon.com slash power trip operations all spelled out, dollar a month. You'll be getting access to everything that we're doing. We have another story time podcast live up on the Patreon right now. So everybody who is interested, go ahead and check out the Drunken Shenanigans episode. Drunk shenanigans. Drunk shenanigans. Well, on that note, as always, may your flame burn eternal. Happy weekend, everybody. Be sure to do things irresponsibly, but responsibly. Yeah. We'll see you next time. <laughs>